Welcome to Understanding the Bible with Pastor Stephen. This is episode 31, Revelation chapter 17 and 18. Now, last time we had covered chapter 15, which was an intro to the judgments, the vile judgments, and then chapter 16, which was the seven vile judgments. And remember the seventh vile, the last one, the last trumpet sounded and the angel said, it is done. It is the end. Now we're in chapter 17 and 18, which is the third interlude, which remember the interludes further explain things out of order. And this interlude is after the seven vile judgments or the bowls of the wrath of God. And it's going to explain everything that happens up through the end. And then we'll pick up chapter 19 which is going to be the battle of Armageddon, the marriage supper of the lamb, Jesus Christ reigning for a thousand years in chapter 20. Um, and basically the end of the end, this interlude is a vision that requires interpretation. If you read verse seven, because it's not literal, there may be several different views of what the symbols mean. As long as your view does not contradict the Bible, and the angel's interpretation that he explains in chapter 17, then it's a valid opinion as long as you understand that any opinion that contradicts clear scripture is a false doctrine. So that's why you have to read the rest of the Bible and you have to look at the prophetic chapters and Daniel and uh, Ezekiel and Isaiah and Matthew. And you have to take all of that into account when you read Revelation and you try and form an opinion about some symbol in scripture. Any opinion based on scriptural theology is plausible as long as we acknowledge that it is an opinion and not biblical fact. That means you could be wrong. So you'll see what I mean when I explain my opinion on a couple of these things, um, but let's get into it. Revelation chapter 17, verse 1. And there came one of the seven angels which had the seven vials and talked with me, saying unto me, so here, you know that the seven angels were actual angels. The seven vials that we talked about last time might have been some symbology in the vision. Okay. But the angels are real because one of the angels comes up to him and talks to him. And he talked with me saying unto me, come hither. I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness. So here you know that this is a vision, right? Because he's in heaven, but now his spirit is carried away into the wilderness. And I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet colored beast full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. And the angel said unto me, Wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carrieth her, which hath the seven heads and ten horns. And now the description of the beast, starting in verse 8. The beast that thou sawest was and is not, and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition. And they that dwell on the earth shall wonder, whose names were not written in the book of the life from the foundation of the world, when they beheld the beast that was and is not and yet is. This is possibly a reference to the Antichrist rising from the dead in Revelation 13, 3. 
And I saw one of his heads, as it were, wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. So this could be the beast that was. He was a king of the earth. And then he was not. He was killed. And yet he is. So Satan gave him the power to rise from the dead. So it could be a reference to that. Other than that, I'm not sure what was and is not and yet is actually means here. Could be something spiritual that we don't have an understanding of. Verse 9 says, And here is the mind which hath wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sitteth. And there are seven kings, five are fallen, and one is, and the other is not yet come. And when he cometh, he must continue a short space. And the beast that was and is not, even he is the eighth, and is of the seventh, and goeth into perdition. So there's a lot of speculation about whether or not these are Roman kings from the ancient empires and Nero. Um, and then the last one would be the Antichrist coming out of Rome. So there's speculation about where the Antichrist comes from. Uh, but this does not give an explanation of the kingdoms. Okay, It just says there were seven. He comes out of the seventh and becomes the eighth. And then his end is perdition, which is hell. Okay. Verse 12. And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as of yet. So at the time of the writing in the first century, these ten kings had not come up yet. So I would argue that those kingdoms are not Rome because the kings are, you would think, would rule the kingdoms, right? So... This goes along with the visions in the book of Daniel and previously when we read in other chapters in Revelation about the, the animals with the horns and the heads and, and the seven horns that rise up and the three of those. So my speculation or my opinion about all of these kingdoms and kings in the end times and all the visions that we've talked about is that there's going to be a consolidation of powers in the world that ends up being ten kingdoms. And then you'll have a division of these seven kingdoms and the three kingdoms that we've talked about in the past as well. And they will all rule with the Antichrist for an hour. So a short time. And that's what we just read here, that they will receive power as kings one hour with the beast. And then I believe they cede their power to the Antichrist or the Antichrist kills them all. Or something happens where the Antichrist becomes the one true king that rules the world. And now we have our one world government that people talk about. So let's continue in verse 13. These have one mind and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. So as I just stated, these shall make war with the lamb and the lamb shall overcome them. For he is Lord of lords and king of kings. And they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. And he saith unto me, The waters which thou sawest, where the horse sitteth, are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. So clearly a vision. He's explaining that this beast is rising out. These ten kingdoms are rising out of the multitudes of nations and peoples and languages on the earth. So it's a very real thing that happens on the earth as kingdoms fight and kings go to war against each other and then consolidate their powers and go to war against a common enemy, which is Israel and the Lord of Lords. Verse 16. And the ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast, these shall hate the whore, and shall make her desolate and naked, and shall eat her flesh and burn her with fire. For God hath put in their hearts to fulfill his will and to agree and give their kingdom unto the beast until the words of God shall be fulfilled. So who is this whore? Well, we're about to get into that. That's the woman of this vision. 
in verse 18. And the woman which thou sawest is that great city which reigneth over the kings of the earth. Now, Babylon the Great in ancient times was a real place. It is where the Tower of Babel was. It is a place of confusion, both spiritually and physically. It's an actual place, but it was where the religions of the world came together and sought to defy God. So there's a lot of symbology here in that, in that woman, which is the great city Babylon. The city of Babylon was located about 50 miles south of Baghdad, the present day, along the Euphrates River in Iraq. So there's a lot of potential there to rebuild that city or whether it's talking about the real city or not. We'll get into a bigger description of that in the next chapter. But uh, she is called, the woman is called the mother of harlots and abominations, which would fit with that whole description of that great city Babylon. They were known for idolatry. If you look in the Old Testament, there are constant references in the Bible to God's people playing the harlot and being like that great city Babylon. All right. Uh, If you look just as a simple example, Jeremiah 3, 6, the Lord said also unto me in the days of Josiah, the king, hast thou seen that which backsliding Israel hath done? She has gone up upon every high mountain and under every green tree and there hath played the harlot. So that great whore, the harlot Babylon is a simple, if you break it down to the most simple symbology, it is idolatry with other gods. All right, now let's look into chapter 18 and get a better description of this. Verse one, and after these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power and the earth was lightened with his glory. And he cried mightily with a loud voice saying, Babylon, the great is fallen, is fallen and has become the habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. So we're talking not actual sex. We're talking worshiping false gods. So this Babylon, this whore, has caused the kings of the earth to seek after and worship false gods. That's what it's a reference to if you take it in the whole of Scripture That every time they talk about this. And the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. So the merchants of the earth are taking advantage and becoming rich because of worshiping these false gods. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her, my people, that you be not partakers of her sins and that you receive not of her plagues for her sins have reached unto heaven and God hath remembered her iniquities. Reward her even as she rewarded you and double unto her double according to her works and the cup which she hath filled to fill her double. So, He's saying Babylon is going to fall and there's going to be double suffering because of the whoredom of this city. Verse seven, how much she hath glorified herself and lived deliciously. So much torment and sorrow give her for she saith in her heart, I sit a queen and am no widow and shall see no sorrow. Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death and mourning and famine, and she shall be utterly burned with fire for strong is the Lord who judgeth her. And the kings of the earth who have committed fornication and lived deliciously with her shall bewail her and lament for her when they shall see the smoke of her burning, standing afar off for the fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour is thy judgment come. 
So this judgment is very swift. There's the one that gives reference to the total destruction in a day. There's this that says in one hour, the fact that the kings of the earth stand afar off, they don't get close to her. There's good argument for, with today's technology, this potentially being an actual city that is hit with an atomic bomb or something man-made. It doesn't necessarily have to be judgment uh, as far as a miraculous thing from heaven. It could be God is using mankind to judge her. Verse 11, And the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her, for no man buyeth their merchandise any more. The merchandise of gold and silver and precious stones and of pearls and fine linen and purple and silk and scarlet and all thine wood and all manner vessels of ivory and all manner vessels of most precious wood and of brass and iron and marble and cinnamon and odors and ointments and frankincense and wine and oil and fine flour and wheat and beasts and sheep and horses and chariots and slaves and souls of men. And the fruits that thy soul lusted after are departed from thee, and all things which were dainty and goodly are departed from thee, and thou shalt find them no more at all. The merchants of these things which were made rich by her shall stand afar off for the fear of her torment, weeping and wailing, and saying, Alas, alas, that great city that was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls. For in one hour so great riches is come to naught, and every shipmaster and all the company and ships and sailors and as many as trade by sea stood afar off and cried when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, What city is like unto this great city? And they cast dust on their heads and cried, weeping and wailing, saying, Alas, alas, that great city wherein were made all rich that had ships in the sea by reason of her costliness, for in an hour she is made desolate. Rejoice over her, thou heaven, and ye holy apostles and prophets, for God hath avenged you on her. And a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence shall that great city Babylon be thrown down and shall be found no more at all. And the voice of harpers and musicians and of pipers and trumpeters shall be heard no more at all in thee, and no craftsman of whatsoever craft he be shall be found any more in thee, and the sound of a millstone shall be heard no more at all in thee. And the light of a candle shall shine no more at all in thee, and the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. For thy merchants were the great men of the earth, for by thy sorceries were all nations deceived. And in her was found the blood of prophets, and of saints, and of all that were slain upon the earth. So what I get from this, this is a great nation that influenced and provided merchandise for every king of the earth. Not only that, but all the great craftsmen and everything else were in that city. So it's a very rich city. And all the riches of the world were found there to include the food and animals and slaves. And here's the hard part, though, is this city is actually responsible for sorceries being spread around the world and the death of prophets and saints, and the death of many others that are slain upon the whole earth. Verse 24. This is, to me, the epitome of the, the tribulation period where the Antichrist is dictating the hunting down of Christians, the spreading of lies, false doctrines, the mark of the beast, sorceries, the 
idols that he has in his image that uh, do miracles and, and flame comes out of their mouth and destroys his enemies and such. I think all of these things come from this city, Babylon. And, and I think very simply, humanly speaking, it could very well just be the capital of the one world government where the Antichrist reigns. It could be the actual ancient city being rebuilt. Now, there's a theologian that I've been reading, uh, really don't agree with a lot of his theology, but he has a good quote about this. Uh, his name is Chuck Smith. And he said, so this whole satanic system that seems to be centered now in this time in the city of Babylon, which has become the commercial center of the world, the world banking and all of the commercial interests now become centered in this city, Babylon. Now, what city this is or where this city is to be located is a matter of speculation, and I agree with that part. There are many Bible scholars who believe that the ancient city of Babylon will be chosen by the Antichrist for his capital, that's why I told you where it was, and will be rebuilt at a tremendous expense as they put it up in a hurry. This is again Chuck Smith talking. He says, there are indications that this city will be built quite rapidly, that craftsmen from all over the world will be paid premium wages and thousands will descend upon this area with unlimited funds to build this awesome, wonderful city that will be the center of world banking and world commerce. That makes a lot of sense with the WEF and everything else that is going on in this world today, okay? And then Smith continues. He says, Now we are told in the book of Daniel that when the Antichrist establishes his reign, that the craftsmen will prosper in his reign. In other words, he will inaugurate vast building kind of programs that will necessitate the use of hundreds of thousands of laboring men. And thus people and corporations will be able to get jobs at tremendously high wages, premium wages, and they will prosper exceedingly under his reign. That is quite possible that the city of Babylon described here does not yet exist, but will be built by the Antichrist for his capital and for the commercial center of the world. End quote. Now, I would argue that with the current political system and the rampant corruption, with billion-dollar contracts being given to defense contractors like Raytheon, General Dynamics, Boeing, or with Joe Biden giving that stuff to Ukraine and threatening that if anyone looks into the corruption, that, that he will withhold their billion dollars that he gave them. This was when he was vice president, and it's on video. So I can, there are lots of things going on in the current political system that seems already perfectly set up for this to happen, to, for the king of the world to give billions and, and, and to rope in these other nations to help him build this ultimate city, Babylon, all right? So that's the first thing, which is quite possible. It's an actual city that is like the capital of, of the Antichrist's empire, all right? It could be yet another metaphor um, for a country like America, think about it. The dollar currently is the world currency right now, accepted everywhere. So the wealth of the nation is going all over the world. All nations of the world are prospering because of the billions in foreign aid that we give them each year. The, the decadence, the LGBTQ plus and the, all the philosophies that are corrupt and evil are coming from America and spreading around the world. So it, it could be a country, Right. Uh, the other thing that I used to think, and now I'm, I'm veering more towards the, the first one, that it's going to be an actual city, Babylon, being rebuilt. But the other thing it could be is the Catholic Church. I mean, think about it. The Vatican is vastly wealthy. 
They literally ran Europe, confirming kings for centuries, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. Basically, it, it is currently a one-world religion, and Catholicism is demonic at its core. The origins come from Babylon. It was not Christian. They assimilated the Christian terms of Jesus and Mary, but Ishtar came from Babylon, the virgin queen of heaven. Ra, the sun god, his symbology is all over Catholicism. The worship of Mary instead of God the Father in heaven. The setting up of priests, which is completely contrary to Scripture, the priesthood of the believer in 1 Peter 2.9. It could very well be the Catholic Church. The point behind all of this is God's judgment is coming, and the blood of the death of saints cries out to God for vengeance, for justice, and God is going to see it happen. That's what this is about. Take heart. There is justice in this world. It may not come until after your life is over, or you may live to see it. Personally, I think we're going to live to see it. I think the end is coming within our lifetime, within the next five to ten years, honestly. So there's a lot of hope here that we will see justice in this life. Not only that, that all the evil of the world is going to end. It will finally be over. So we're going to read about that in chapter 19. And then chapter 20 is just a blessing that I'm looking forward to. It's going to be amazing. And it's going to be a culmination of everything that we've talked about to explain what actually happens at the end there. So this destruction of that great city... I believe is something that happens during the seventh vial that we talked about last week. Again, we'll, we'll get into that in detail next week because we only have two more chapters uh, for the judgments and the end of the world. And then we have the last chapters of revelation for the, the new heaven and new earth and eternity with God, where there is no more sorrow, no more tears, no more wars, no more evil. So it's definitely going to be exciting to get into. And until next time, may God bless you all.